0: Hello and welcome to the Advanced Age Role Playing Gamers podcast. I am Nathan. I'm one of your co-hosts and I've got with me my other co-host, uh, Matt, Matt, did you forget? I, I want you to introduce yourself. You're, you're important. You're special. You belong here. It's not just for me. So glad to have you here with, with us, Matt. And, uh.
1: Got, I pay all the bills. So. <laughs> he does. He, he does. He's so good. It's at the that. only reason I'm on,
0: you know, that's, that's why why I keep him uh, that and, and his boyish good looks. Um, but I know Word. we're, we're rambling a lot here, but uh, we've got some special guests with us today. Uh, we're actually outnumbered for our change, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome. We've got the, the folks from the tabletop journeys, uh, podcast uh, and uh etc uh guys why don't you go ahead uh, around and introduce yourselves i'm going to start off
2: with um uh josh why don't you go ahead and yeah. get started Sure. So, uh, hi, I'm Josh from the tabletop journeys podcast. Uh, and, uh, I love, uh, first of all, thank you for the introduction and thank you for having us on. I I love watching other shows start because it just reinforces, uh, how awkward our show start is sometimes. And so, uh, thank you for kind of breaking the ice on, uh, on that front. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm Josh, uh, Tabletop Journeys podcast. I like long walks on the beach and, and non-alcoholic beer. So that's
0: yeah. I'm all about being bringing the awkward, you know, as <laughs> <laughs> my my job here. Uh, and uh, Lee Wanika, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself?
3: Hi, I'm Lee Wanika. I'm one of the three co-hosts of Tabletop Journeys. Uh, I fashion myself the idea guy uh, um, on the show, as far as uh, when we go to write and take and bring new products to the tabletop world but uh mm. for the most part I'm uh, the guy who uh, doesn't particularly care for long walks on the beach um <laughs> so I don't mind sitting at the pool in, in the the bar at the pool on the mm. beach that's kind of fun mm. I don't want to walk too far to have to get to it that's kind of yeah, that's yeah. kind you of my, long my conversations on the beach <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk I'll talk a long time
0: there's yeah. poolside bars. So this is so great. And, and yeah, it's nice. So you, you can stay there for eight hours and not move and drink lots and lots of alcohol and just stay there. And,
1: and you're in the water. So weird about it.
3: That, that's officially hydrating. It just happens. Yeah. I'm yeah. always
1: amazed that no one ever has to go to the bathroom. all the time. <laughs> It's so
3: weird. <laughs> Look, we're I not here to give away all. Of of, of we're, not, we're not here to give away all of the, of the secrets. Tell sorry the about secret that. Cancun. really sorry about that.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt's also my, my resident joke explainer. I I, I thought I was hinting at at that pretty well, but anyway. um, And last but not least, let's uh, Glenn, why don't you uh,
4: introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Glenn. I'm the fourth of three hosts on Tabletop Journey. (laughs) Obviously there's only three of us, but I'm like, what am I going to say? I'm the third. (laughs) Um, All right. It was funnier in my head. That happens a lot. It's fine. (laughs) I laugh. I am the art guy and, uh, I mean, all of us do a whole lot, and mm. uh, there's a huge amount of creativity that goes into it. But uh, between what we do on the podcast, just talking about what we love and, you know, doing doing the things with uh, indie creators and the new games that are coming out is honestly one of the favorite parts of what I've got going on in my life these days. So happy to be mm. here, happy to be chatting with you all about it. So, and uh, now we're creating content, too, so even better. Yeah. Keeping busy. Uh,
0: so so how would you guys meet? Boy, so why, why don't you two start? Because
2: you, you two have known each other. Yeah, you, you two have known each other for longer than I've known you. So that's four so,
3: score and seven years ago. <laughs> not, quite <laughs> that many, not quite that many. You're only fifty. Actually, probably. I we think it's a little three. bit longer than four score and seven years ago. No, score is twenty-one The Score, is 20, the score. Yeah. The score
4: yeah, is twenty. so Four score would be eighty.
5: Oh. Okay, so
4: not present. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're on AARPg, but we're, you know,
3: we're not <laughs> at all. Okay, so. Two score and several years ago. How did you two score, bro? Like
5: 30 we're some close to we two like score. 30 yeah just, we,
4: just, we, it was a while just,
1: ago let me, let no no talk. no we have <laughs> plenty of time let's <laughs> talk about how many scores this was we've got a lot <laughs> <of>, uh,
0: <laughs> bring out your bring out your calculators that's let's right just, let's <laughs> this out.
2: anybody that wants a more Abacus. setting podcast i have my paint drying podcast on the other channel <laughs> carry the two <laughs>
4: we met in boy scouts i was 11 and he was 12 uh, and, uh, we're yes. now forty-nine and fifty. So, if you want to do the math
3: for the scores, you're welcome to. <laughs> uh, I- I'll have a. Um- All the listeners need to put that in the comments. You figure out the math, put it in the comments because comments help shows. So, we'd love to right. hear what <laughs> you have to say <laughs> about our math. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: I- I'll leave yeah. it up to my number one fan, uh, my my wife, who's also very very good at math. She'll she'll work this out. Excellent, uh, excellent. But we'll get- yeah. we'll get back to you on that.
4: But yeah, we were, we were playing games together right off the bat. Uh, we were both already role players, and we played a lot of D&D and scouts on campouts. Yeah, and- yep. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then Lewinika met – uh and, Lou and I met probably – I mean, it's got to be – it's over 20 years at this point, probably. It's, it's uh, over I'm 20 years. 30. But- yeah, uh, but we met LARPing, actually. Yeah.
1: LARPing. You say LARPing? Yeah. We did, yeah.
2: So both of us used to run uh, lots of uh, like third edition World of Darkness, uh, like Vampire the Masquerade and uh, Werewolf LARPs and everything like that. Um, We were both, uh, we both graduated to that level of geekery. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so both of us are originally from the Boston area. And that's actually how we bonded is that he was playing uh, a cop from Boston uh, who out of game I knew must be crooked because. Cop from yeah. Boston, <laughs> right. and so you yeah, know, as one like in its outside. world of darkness. Right. Yeah, in the world <laughs> yeah. of darkness. Yeah, exactly right. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, uh, and so uh, we kind of like immediately bonded, and he he was surprised uh, that a you know a short white kid. In Maine, said he was from Boston. It's like, oh yeah, no, I was born in Quincy. You know, that's uh, I remember the. Fr- he's like, okay, if you're from, like didn't believe me, right? You know, and he's like, all right, if you're from Quincy, then what do what do Quincy kids could do on Friday night? And I was like, oh, they jump the turnstile for the tea and head into the city. You know, because we're all poor. You know, and he's like, oh, you really <laughs> are from Quincy. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my five brothers and sisters were all born in the same hospital. You know, yeah, like so, it's, it's, you're speaking my love language now.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's get hop to school. Let's let's yeah. do some crazy stuff. Yeah.
4: So. And there in Maine, but I'm in Connecticut, and that's how mm. I met Josh. Was Lee Wanika bringing me into larping and coming yeah. up to Maine to uh, join the larping scene up there? Yep.
2: yep. And then uh, remember when Glenn and I really, really kind of bonded? Uh, we were playing a D and D game with mm. uh, at Lee Wanika's table. Um, right. And uh, for your for your podcast listeners, so Glenn is about six foot seventeen, and I'm right. five foot four, five foot five, if I'm wearing good shoes. Mm. Um, and we were. We were playing uh, real Dwarven Twins. Yeah, real good shoes. Yeah, uh, we were playing d- Dwarven Twins, the Thunder Twins. Thunder um, Twins. That was, actually, uh, that was
4: actually a racial feat
2: yeah. at the yeah. time
4: in the edition that was out, Thunder yeah, Twins. We was, could, like, sense which direction each other was in and all kinds yeah. of stuff.
2: Yeah, and, and then I mean, since, we since were, then, we, we were, kind, were of kind of, yeah, floated around, yeah. Just yeah.
4: to raise that level of geekery there, at that point, we were also, because Josh and I were both word nerds, uh, <laughs> building building the dwarven language together and (laughs) writing in-game stuff in it it was yeah 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 an exceptional level of uh nerdography
3: they actually created an entire dwarven uh alphabet and language and were working on syntax when the when those games finally came to a close i mean they took it
2: (laughs) they took it to a tolkien level that's really awesome Yeah. Mm. Like b- Which, before you could like Google what, it, you know, right. You know, like that was before you could yeah. just Google like, Hey, give me words in Dwarven. You know, like that was a, that was a thing. So it's, yeah. that is and, very cool. And it was, it was amazing at our
3: tables. Like it just breathes so much life into the game uh, that I, so much so that I still utilize some of the lore that they created with those characters in current games that I run 20 some odd years later.
4: We even did a stint in Dwarven poetry. <laughs> that's
1: that's gotta be like almost as good as Klingon opera right exactly yeah. Wait a exactly you,
0: you can't drop that bomb and not recite
5: some boring poetry so I you better go on computer and open that fucker up
0: and oh. s- start reciting I, will, uh,
5: I don't
2: I, have I, it <laughs> I, I am sure that I've got it on one of my hard drives around here somewhere I'll, I'll dig if I can find some Nathan I'll go ahead and send some to you to, okay. you to, to put in the material awesome. but, yeah. we'd
1: be more than happy to post yeah. some dwarves poetry awesome. so so
0: you, you know what's so great like listen to you guys uh, like how you guys met and there's so many parallels uh to like us because we're like the same age uh, as you guys uh matt and i met in high school uh and we played like uh we played d in high school together um, we played in, in college together, and, and and we used to shit on the Larpers a lot. I remember that we never
1: actually LARPed together, but we used to shit on <laughs> yeah. them a lot. So,
0: yeah, was yeah, so like different. different.
1: But uh, <laughs> well, it's funny about that because I tried it once. I did it down in Dallas, and yeah. it was a, a World of Darkness, and I was terrible at it. Like it was so weird. I thought, oh, I role play all the time. I've played World of Darkness. It was like a completely different. And I also used to do the, um, I guess it's not SCA, but I was in yeah. one of those groups where you, but it was more D&D like, like, like yeah. I played a cleric and I dressed up and I had a little spell book and like I threw little
2: foam balls, you know. That's so I, I also thing. do the SCA also too. So that's like, okay. yeah. I, I, I was a heavy list fighter for a long time before I realized that, the, that concussions aren't that much fun. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah. Preach. Yes,
3: but, yeah. right. as the recipient and, and, of eleven separate concussions. Oh, oh
4: it's because they're both the size of a Chihuahua, so they feel like yeah. they have to fair, you know, fair. aggressively fair. take yeah. on the world. <laughs> Big guys, we don't have that problem. Hey, like, yeah.
3: I I almost took out a tree once, and separate. Oof. Yeah, many of them were from sports. Uh, mm. A few of them were from uh, other incendiary situations that I found myself in. I mean, I did play semi-professional football for a while as well. So I have back injuries, knee injuries. I got a whole bunch of things to, to go with it. In fact, uh, and Josh has a football injury that because he uh, attempted to tackle me uh, and <laughs> separated <laughs> yeah. his shoulder upon my yeah. breast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God
2: yeah that was not uh that was not one of my smartest decisions i have I have made better decisions than to run shoulder first into Lee Wanika's gut, so that's uh yeah yeah,
4: that's why he decided. he learned from that lesson though that's why he went heavy lists so he could strap on armor when he
2: exactly yeah went yeah, back yeah in exactly there.
3: and and I should say to paint that picture more fully. Josh described his height. Please understand that I am at least two inches shorter than he. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am the smallest <laughs> of the three of us in height. Yeah. I am the largest of the three of us in, in other <laughs> in, dimensions. In, at every at other dimension. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, not at that time. At that time, I was pretty svelte. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was oh, definitely uh, an exercise in what happens when the immovable uh, a movable mm-hmm. object is struck by the uh, the moving force, kind of thing. So the okay. unstoppable force. force, yeah. Unstoppable force. Yeah. Yeah. The breakable force. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, was, I was
0: struggling coming up with it, with, with that myself. So, yeah. um,
3: <laughs> I botched that badly. But you know, eleven. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> at,
0: at, at our age, you know, we, we can be. It's okay to be a little delayed sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's yeah. we have excuses these days. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. but fair, that, fair. that's great so yeah, there's a lot of uh, so yeah i see a lot of parallels like matt and i played Step Brothers in, in one game too that was actually one, yeah. one of our p- pivotal uh, gaming moments so it's uh, it's, it's kind of neat that you guys are still kind of gaming together um all this time so yeah. like very very similar story so it was, it's not just us uh you know i i felt uh, pretty unique uh, until going into the show, but now it's just, you know, uh, I'm not even sure why we're, we're still doing
4: this. And, you know, <laughs> because it's awesome talking to all the people that you get yeah. to talk to. Yeah. That's one of my yeah. favorite parts. Uh, I mean, honestly.
3: Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, w- okay. I, I was just no, going to add that the other, the other cool thing is uh, we have found in talking with other, with other folks in the year, nearly two years that we've been at this that um uh, While we're not alone in the way we came together, there are so many people that are just amazed that we've been gaming for as long as we have and that we still game together. And we are in many respects still very like minded about the ways in which we game. Uh, There's a lot to be said about the composition of your table and the composition of your game group, uh, and uh, we kind of maintain that over the years, and we've kind of come back together thanks to COVID and being able to do things VTT style uh, that we've been able to kind of get the gang back together uh, and yeah. be able to move forward and get game again.
4: But even with all yeah. those years, it's still fun because once in a while we still get to have our firsts, Um, like despite the number of years it's been, I just had Josh as a player at my table for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Which which is awesome. It was a whole lot of
1: fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll say that's one of the silver linings for COVID has been uh like our gaming, we actually have a Facebook group that's called like uh was it once a month, whatever. Because it was kind of tongue in cheek because we'd been playing in person for years, but everyone's got kids. People started moving. We had tried VTT like years ago and it was just like it was clunky. It was, um, but uh, you know, we all kind of got driven online as well. And we actually started the most regular stint since college, I think, oh my God. of playing. Yeah. We've been playing on a Tuesday night now for over two years straight. Uh, almost, two yeah, years, almost two years because yeah. well, yeah, it started yeah, yeah. Two before two years, the podcast. Years, yeah. we, had, yeah. we started playing, before and the then podcast, I, I right. we had started listening to podcasts, and uh, like it was finally, it was like, oh, well, why aren't we doing that? Right? Like, why aren't we yeah. recording all of our games? And so, I wish we'd been recording our games for the last twenty years. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there, we had some <laughs> yeah. doozies that could have d- done so well. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but it's pretty cool, like how the the whole TTRPG community. There's there's uh, all these sets of folks that basically they swap players around and they, and they kind of hire players for, for the APs. And, and, and I think that's cool, but it's such a foreign idea because I, I play these games because I want to play with, with my friends, with Matt and, 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 and tear and Sean and Malcolm and all these other, all these other I, I want to play with my friends and it'd be cool to play with, with some strangers sometimes, but it's not the same thing as playing with people that, like, you know, you, you have all the same inside jokes, you know, uh, everybody's boundaries and, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, how to dance to the boundaries too, because that's when the r- rural fun happens. <laughs> so, yep. But yeah, yeah I, it's, it's cool.
2: I mean, I think that one of the cool, and we haven't even really got into like what the nature of our show is or anything like that, right. but no, uh, we can we do crack that, that egg right open. Brutal. Yeah. Two really cool things that have come out of two really cool experiences that I know that I have really uh, loved over those last few years that we do on our show is first of all a series of games that we run with our Patreon subscribers which was totally done as a perk to throw to our Patreon subscribers like you know we run games we tell stories it's what we do so invite them to come to our table to play games some of those games are f- stinking amazing like it is so yeah. much fun mm. playing yeah, with like, you me. know uh, yeah we, we air a bunch of them and and so that's always great and one of the other things that, we, that we've been able to do on the show is something that you know to be totally honest we stole whole cloth from another show called the rpg academy which we listened to for years before we started our own podcast mm. but uh but basically bringing in game creators to run sessions of their games for us uh right. and getting their kind of perspective on how the game is supposed to run but also being able to go ahead and play games that i mean sometimes they're not even out yet you know that kind of right. thing right. um and just the, di- the diversity of the games that we've been able to play like it's been so stinking cool like 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 you can't bottle this. It's fabulous, right?
4: And they know their systems better than we could ever know them, even if we tried to dissect their mm, game on totally, the yeah. show. So yeah. they run it. We provide the players, which are the three of us, and then a lot of times we'll uh, pick one of our, you know, regular collaborators, like uh, we've had Mike from Nineteen Hits the Dragon come on and play with us in a game uh, called The Real Thing, which was fantastic. Um, doing a, a playtest of them, and
3: yeah, and those play tests are amazing. Cause again, we're seeing the nuts and bolts of these games as they're being constructed. And an interview is one way to, to, to learn about a new product coming out, but that doesn't beat them mm-hmm. actually play testing. And you see their wheels turning as you get into certain situations and you wow. saw it at, at one, one level. And then when the game comes out and you get it, uh, then you're going to see the finished product. So you can actually see, the pieces that you were part of that changed and and brought about yeah. these changes, so you're actually like part of the setup of the game, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's- especially
4: when we get it when we get it out for an episode to be like linked to their Kickstarter or whatever. Part of our work is
1: right there helping make the product. But- oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So no, t- I'm taking notes, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we, we've done good. some interviews and they're always fantastic, but yeah. the idea we've yeah. never thought to ask one of these creators to like run a session. That's totally that's genius. It's as
4: we did, we randomly reached out to uh the guys who make Against the Dark Master because one of our fans in the questions from the audience episode sent and saying, Hey, would you ever do other games besides D and D? My favorite is Against the Dark Master. I randomly reached out to them and they're a company out of Italy, though one of their members does live in New York and we ran an mm-hmm. actual play with them. They ran the game. It was amazing. Uh, we, 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 had, from, uh, we had we
3: had yeah, Danilo, uh podcaster who lives in England. Uh he joined us in on that game and amazing, like such fun. So I I know a guy who who does
0: that kind of thing. He um uh Mitchell from uh Penny for Tail. Uh, I don't know if you've you've run into him before. He's mm-hmm. he uh ran the uh, necrobiotic Kickstarter and some other Kickstarters. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And he does that. He he, he owns a um uh, kind of a a streaming company too where where they they run yeah. the games that he's he's promoting and yeah. and uh so i'm i'm sure we could do something like that uh, I think with with seven people is is it's hard we'd have to say okay that that might be a, uh, untenable <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but that's a definitely a a, su- a pretty cool aspect a great way to uh for people to learn the games cuz i think that's where a, a lot of people are watch uh a lot of our stuff, especially like with the non d games like Twilight 2000, they watch our game to see how the game is played. Yeah. And wow. we were running that and when it was just out in Alpha just for Kickstarter backers. So it you couldn't even buy it in the store yet. Yeah. So there's still a, a huge market for people. I've read about this game, I've, I've got the quick start guide, but I'm not quite sure how the character generation mm-hmm. works and, and how does combat work and how's travel work and resource management. So, so when you're doing an actual play with the creator of it, you're getting not just the, the nuts and bolts of it and getting into the weeds, you're kind of getting like, you know, why they, they designed it that way, yeah. uh, which really can help a lot. When you're trying you do, to do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah.
4: yeah. And I mean, honestly, for anybody who is a game creator out there doing it, effectively it's helping you make, for a digital or paper product role-playing game, it's helping you make a game demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That anybody who's interested, who wants to know how it's going to play out, or any storytellers who, are, who just got it because your Kickstarter just finished and everything's been shipped and they've got it in their hot little hands and they're reading through it and they're getting ready, well, they can go listen to a full playthrough before they try to run it also. You know, it's, it can, if you put out the full playthrough, because you don't want to give away all the spoilers.
5: But. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, the guys that,
4: from the real thing, they put out the first right. act, and then we still have the rest of it, and eventually they'll give us the go-ahead, but we don't yeah. want to give it away,
0: Yeah, yeah. You know so that's one aspect of, of your podcast. You're, you're bringing these creators in, you're running games with, with some of your Patreon subscribers. So what, what else, you yeah, know, I've listened to, to a few of your episodes. So uh, talk about what's, what's your, your standard fare for your show.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we cover a huge gamut of shows <laughs> on our, uh, uh, we love talking game craft, uh, more than anything else though. And, and homebrew, we are homebrew aficionados. Like that is really kind of where, uh, Uh, That's really where our bread is buttered, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we love bringing new stories and new, new twists on existing stories, uh, and writing new mechanics and new rules and stuff like that. And so really, um, I think that that's kind of a theme that runs through everything that we do on the show. Um, and kind of the, if you kind of take that, that core theme and then superimpose on top of that, uh, you know, we do book reviews, we do, uh, we do deep dives into, um, you know, uh, into various other, uh, uh, other games and other mechanics and how, uh, how other mechanics work and everything. And, you know, we'll do, uh, we'll do even like deep dives into like, we do this whole series of like class discussions about the, mm. the multiple classes and D and D and stuff like that, you know, a bunch of yeah, yeah, and so yeah, we just did monks. We we uh, we actually have two more of the of the core classes of the thirteen uh, uh, classes left. We have druids and bards left. We've been doing that series for a little bit over a year now, uh, roughly one a month. Um, uh, you know, but now we started kind of doing the, the class warfare episodes with them, which is kind of more than just the three of us bloviating for an hour and a half about a particular <laughs> class, but it's also the three of us and normally with a guest uh, rolling dice. You know, we'll roll up tunes in that in that class with various well, subclasses. And then subclass, throw them up against a yeah. scenario, which has been just a ton of fun. So, um, but yeah, I mean, our our show for the most part is about is about the nature of gaming and game craft and stuff like that. So,
3: we break down the episodes we've done into general playlists, which are available on our website. Like we have uh, we have an interview playlist, so you can have all of our interviews with various creators, uh, and mm-hmm. that we have our character class rankings. So, in addition to the discussions that Josh mentioned, we also do the subclass ranking. So, we actually take them subclass by subclass, uh, rank them on uh, various criteria, including mechanics, flavor, um, our desire to play that character subclass. And then we have a wild card because, quite honestly, we like to fix some of the things, because sometimes something doesn't show up quite as cool as you wanted it to be. So we've got a wild card in there to help <laughs> with that. Uh, we yeah. do player it's information the number card. Yeah, yeah. P- pretty much. <laughs> um, you know, we, we do player information episodes uh, where it's just here's some good info for players to have and bring to the, the tables that they go to. We have, uh, like Josh mentioned, our book reviews, which is largely but not entire, not just, on uh, Watsi products we have, um, and then we have our storyteller toolkit. We are, we prefer the term storyteller to dungeon master or game master. That's our choice though. I know not everybody agrees with that term. Uh, we just find it cause I'm, I'm not the master of anybody. It's not my goal to be somebody's master. Uh, it is however, my goal to tell, to help tell a good story. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why I prefer that term but so we, we have things in world there of <laughs> yeah. i did I, I did i stole it from world of darkness sure but i truly live like and breathe but i truly since live and breathe, breathe that
4: that's what we've called it since then we've never gone back after storyteller yeah. we never went back to yeah. master
3: yeah. exactly with those toolkits, it's really about how do you bring a better uh, better game? I think one of my favorite episodes was on backgrounds, though that's largely player focus. But my one of my other favorite episodes is just about the three pillars, we, you know, our environmental one, because that's the often forgotten pillar of d d So we did a whole episode on ways to bring out uh, the exploration and the environmental things. And then we did things on conditions, how to use them in 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 your games and we're looking to explain the things that get left out, those in-between pages that people flip through in the DMG, we'll bring out that topic and then bring it to the forefront and say, are you doing this? Have you brought this to your game? Would that satisfy an issue that you're having at your table? You know, how do you get better engagement out of your player? My guess is if you start involving some of these often forgotten areas of the game, you'll find that engagement. And go ahead, Glenn.
4: But yeah, that's I mean, that's basically what you get with with our podcast. But another thing that we are really into and really focus on a lot is collaborative world building. And you'll yep. hear that come into the message of what we do a whole lot and trying to build a world with our players, really mm-hmm. getting 100 percent away from the us versus them, which has been going for a while. But now giving them some of the reins to help create, too, because it takes some of the burden off of the storyteller, which is great.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah. So I was going to say, uh, sorry, I responded to the, so environment, that's great because I know um, I had run the guys through an adventure. It was a homebrew and instead of, so every single encounter, there was like the encounter, but then to make it more interesting, it was like, well, in this encounter, it's going to be more difficult because it's pouring rain mm-hmm. and the ground's muddy. Right. Or yeah. this encounter, they're in a really tiny tunnel. They can't swing their swords, right? So the monsters aren't super super dangerous. Normally you put them in a tiny little tunnel or you put them underwater and suddenly. So yeah, I think that's I, I remember reading uh I love I still have my old like the, the wilderness survival DND from like what was it second edition, right? And the and the Dungeoneer's guide. Like whole Versus books were as written as to, as to yeah. first ad, yeah, ad, they were ad, all advanced. Yeah, advanced, yeah. ADN, yeah, they were all yeah. whole whole books dedicated to like those you know the, the nuts and bolts. You want to really get into the nitty gritty about you know how you're going to climb down that you know crevasse. Here's the so you no, know, I I think that's really cool. Uh,
0: side note was like I, I love when when Matt does all those environmental descriptions because that means I can do some pretty cool sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. On, on top of that, it's, it's neat the thing you bring out like the what well Lee Unica was saying about the, the, the things that that people forget about in the in the DMG. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that nobody has any idea it's in there. Nobody ever uses, and and they really they know the player's handbook backwards and forwards, but but the DMG, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that gets left out, and there's and there really are a lot of tools in there, and I like going back to like the older DMGs too, and kind of and yeah. steal some ideas from those because there's you know not everything I makes it from you know uh add to second third and
2: oh sure
3: um and on
0: so oh absolutely
3: i mean you know we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit too but yeah yeah we've used a lot of second edition uh and third edition uh forgotten material quote-unquote forgotten material Mm. uh to kind of as inspiration fuel for our creative process
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when we first started uh, uh, putting together kind of our first big publications, like not so much, um, uh, like, certainly like over the last few months, you know, I went out and bought a bunch of like old, like Dragon and Dungeon magazines mm. just for the old articles and stuff like that. You know, I promise just read the, just for the articles, I swear. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, know <laughs> um, you know, but those were all like second and third edition publications when like, you know, and a lot of that stuff was was its home was the homebrew of the day right like you know people sending in stuff and everything like that just looking for inspiration you know like you know how you know reading into like the origin of the rakshasa you know and see how they kind of became a race in the game in the first place you know some of that stuff was just it's just priceless it's priceless material so
0: you know there's a lot still out there so um yeah i think that's actually a good transition point so so you, you've been talking about uh, all this, the, the homebrew and kind of uh, storytelling and game mastery and and, and and mastering classes and things like that. Uh, but you've been publishing quite a bit of material on, on the DMs Guild and uh, and you just launched uh, a Kickstarter. Uh, and it's you already did. funded. It and is. It's, uh, a multiverse is awesome. of subclasses, which yeah. is uh, yes. Uh, twelve legendary subclasses for your next five E campaign. So, yeah. wh- why would you do a multiverse of subclasses right now? Uh, any particular <laughs> reason
2: you would do that right at this moment? Well, well, surely it's because our last book was the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse, and so really this is a sequel right. to our first book. And mm. no, that's a, you know, obviously, <laughs> like, look, let's let's the elephant in the room is obviously that Spelljammer is coming. We've known that Spelljammer is coming for a while. Yes. Um, I was very I was very lucky. Uh, now that Spelljammer is out, I can. See say that I was involved in some of the playtesting on Spelljammer, so exactly. I've known that Spelljammer was coming for a very, very long time, uh, even before kind of the, the world as, as a large uh, uh, knew about it. Uh, and now we have, like, new UAs coming out that are suggesting Planescape. They're suggesting, Indeed. I, you know, look, I, I put Inside on my training. tinfoil hat That's what
0: you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <Inside laughs> we're not exactly.
3: part of the <laughs> we've not done any playtesting on the next thing. However, That's correct, I have not. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast, hashtag TTJ, call your boys. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. let so, us know. Right, right. Uh, but I. But we're pretty good at reading tea leaves, so to speak. Uh, right. we, consider, we fashion and consider ourselves fairly reasonably intelligent folk, uh, and we have been in the gaming world for a very long time. The signals are fairly clear. All you have to do is follow the path, and you kind of get to one or two narrow options. So we're not if we're off, we're not going to be off by much. Yeah. <laughs> you
4: know, we, uh, we got some luck yeah. on the timing too cuz we knew yeah. Spelljammer was coming, but we had no idea when. Yeah. It happened to drop right as Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse came out and we have I think three different backgrounds in there that are Spelljammer focused.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. It, it's like you know, p- putting that out at the same time that Spelljammer was announced was purely coincidental, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know when it was being announced, but we'd been working on that book for three or four months probably before it came out. Um, and so, yeah.
0: So, so what's in it? Let's, let's talk about what your Kickstarter backers, what are they getting out of this? Sure. Oh, that's the uh, old
2: book that we were just talking
0: about. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm, I'm going going the back back versus book. the yeah.
4: previous book.
3: Going right. Back yeah. The
4: Kickstarter now.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm still thinking yeah. about, I'm yeah. looking at the Kickstarter page. right. Yeah. totally. That's yeah. yeah. so what I'm thinking about. Yeah. So the Kickstarter ostensibly was about the one thing that we didn't put into the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse, and honestly, that's where the idea came from: is that we didn't touch subclasses in the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. And so, like, you know what? Let's let's rip off the Band-Aid. Let's do the thing. Uh, and we we spit out twelve subclasses and started fleshing them out. Um, and then we didn't then, even plan twelve at first. We were only going to go for that's I right think four, three or six, six yeah, to start, yeah, something just like that. To get yeah. our
4: feet wet. Yeah. But yeah. Once we got going, yeah. we just didn't stop. Exactly. And, we just and, couldn't and,
3: stop. It. And to be fair, the, when we were doing the older book, the thought was, hey, we should do subclasses. And I remember when we were looking at our self imposed deadline for this book, I'm like, <laughs> there's no way we're doing this. No time to, play time to play test. No time to play test. Like most of the stuff we had came from old notebooks, old homebrew games that we had already run. Mm. Many of the items were things that we had already road tested in our in our actual campaigns, some of which were road tested on our AP. Uh, So there's like there we had a lot of it down. Uh, And so it's like we can't add something that we don't have the ability to to play test. Um, People who we expect to buy this product deserve better than that. Than a than a rough guess. Uh yeah. so the idea was when we started doing this, and we started with just a couple, we're like, if we do that, shouldn't we do a little bit more? And once we got to six, we're like, there's no half measures with this crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're yeah. in, like we're all up. in. Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of that's kind of how it came out. And it and, yeah. and subclasses, on one level, they're easy. It's easy to come up with a vision for a subclass it is hard to then develop the features to balance the features because you're not only balancing the features within the core of the game so it doesn't break the rules of bounded accuracy. You're also Mm -hmm. balancing them with the other subclasses because you have to make something that's cool and independent, but it can't be so cool that nobody would never play anything else. And so that's a very difficult tightrope. And there was a fair amount of back and forth with some of the powers. Like, that's really cool. That'll get people to take it but that blows everything else away by so much. That's not fun anymore. anymore. Why you would know, I ever right. play?
4: Everyone starts
1: playing that.
4: You know, you're yeah. going back to the drawing board when Josh says, no, that's like two and a half feet. In, <laughs>
3: <Exactly. Yeah, laughs> in Yeah. One yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hey, like the, to yes, be fair, he guy. said that really about my am, stuff yeah. a lot. Cause I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I was speaking
4: yeah. specifically of the first ability in uh, one of the paladin subclasses that was removed from this book. Yeah. So talk
0: about what got thrown out. I, I, so oh. from a creative process I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really thinking you know because we, we've been talking to a lot of writers and, and game designers so what is what's what's a step too far that you say that it, that said you know what guys? We can't do this. I'm putting my foot down. That's
4: uh, got to go. The law. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it, it really, the law. It was really
4: all about the open gaming license. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when uh, you're working with DMs Guild, you get extra leniency and you can use Wizards of the Coast branded terms like Dragonlance yeah. or Forgotten Realms mm. or if if you're writing outside or Everon, If you're writing outside of DMs Guild and you're publishing it as your own Kickstarter first, you can't yeah. anymore. Yeah. And 3 of our original subclasses were specifically designed for Dragonlance because it's okay. about to come out. Yeah. And we can't mention Dragonlance in the book and it would have been they would have been so lackluster if we diluted them down to generic and we didn't want yeah. to do that. Dragonspear. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: we, we pulled the um we pulled the Dragonlance subclasses and created three more and they'll still come yeah. out as their own Dragonlance publication on DM's Guild so that we can yeah. give them their proper
3: so, command pack. Yeah. Yeah, and to to kind of answer your question, most of the things that came out are not gone. They are we tend we have our a process where we decide here's the general theme, here's the overall. Go to your three corners, right? We meet back in in an agreed upon amount of time, and we decide what stays and what gets kicked. The things that get kicked, they go into a folder, a Meriwether folder for the next project. And so all of those ideas stay there. Uh, if right. you ever did that brainstorming yeah. uh, ex- example in sixth grade, those of us of our age remember where you <laughs> learned to brainstorm and no idea is a bad idea and you put it all up there, <laughs> even yeah, though no, one no, of no, those no. ideas was absolutely terrible. That's basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. what we do in, in a, uh, on a Google doc and mm. uh, Google spreadsheets and such. And then yeah. those things keep getting pushed. And along the way, they also continue to get refined. So, uh, right. so far, three projects in, uh, there are things that are, that have been there pretty much since the beginning uh, that keep getting a shade better. Uh, and when yeah, they come they're just out waiting for they're the be- right book, they're just waiting okay. for the right theme, the right book to come out uh, the right moment. And then they're yeah. going to absolutely shine. Like we have feats and feet trees and, um, groups that are uh, that have not been in either publication but were effectively started two books ago factions and things like that we're just waiting for the right projects to bring those out magic items that have been pushed uh because they just didn't fit thematically they were perfect there's you know this book this book has a lot less things that got pushed because most of this was written specifically for this because we had just right. not done
2: subclasses. Right. Well, 12
3: subclasses,
4: right? The yeah. so stretch goals yeah. is where the extra stuff that might stay exactly. pushed is
2: going to come in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say is like, that's kind of the cool thing about the way, if I may be so bold, is to say that what we're doing is cool um, is that, you know, we started, <laughs> the subclasses were the offering, right? And that's because like, that's what we started with. And depending on where our stretch goals get, you know, we're kind of, we've got backgrounds, we've got magic items, we've got feats, we've got adventures and we've got maps. All kind of lined up to go into this book as we hit stretch goals. And so that's kind of like, you know, that, that decision kind of informed a lot of different things It informed but, why we're running the campaign for longer than your normal Kickstarter. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we ran for like 50-something days. Uh, we didn't go for the full two months because we thought, you know, that was crazy. But like, you know, figure like 50-something days and that would be, that'd be enough to go ahead and really be able to hit... Uh, uh, hit a lot of promotional windows and make sure that people are seeing the, seeing the Kickstarter and, and yeah. able to get in if they want to and everything like that. Um, it also, you know, informed kind of decision about the way we we priced it a little bit is that really we priced it for people that want the subclasses, $12, 12 subclasses, a lot of parallelism, but also like, you know, all backers get all str- all backers get all stretch goals, right? So if we get all of our stretch goals and we write basically a full fledged book with adventures and maps and everything like that, you still get all that. And on top of that, we also offered community copies because one thing that we were very cognizant of when we did the when we were kind of planning the original was, you know, we're doing twelve subclasses and we knew that our price point was going to be like in the ten to twelve dollar range. But we wanted to make sure that price was never the reason why somebody didn't back it.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: we tried to go ahead and figure out like, well, you know, maybe if they only want like three subclasses, we can do that for a lower price. That got super messy, and ultimately at the end of the day, it's like you know we. We've, we were pretty confident that we'd be able to go ahead and get funded uh, and that we were going to write the book. And so it's like, okay, so if if we offer community copies, you know, if you back, you can pay a couple extra bucks to get something put into the community copy bin. Um, and then the community copies are basically 50%. So if the price point is the thing that's stopping you, there's an option for you, you know. Um, and that was something that we really wanted to go ahead and make sure that to to, to – I don't know, give people the opportunity to back it and to go ahead and get get their copy and have their fun, um, even if the price point at, at twelve dollars was too much. So, yeah, you
1: know. that's nice. So people can contribute, and it actually can reduce the cost. For that's nice. It's like yeah. a sort of like pooling in, because you're right. You know, it, it's easy for maybe some of us later to to be like, oh yeah, twelve bucks, no problem, right? right. But I, you know, when we were young getting into gaming (laughs) right you know it's like you know that's why one person would buy the book and you'd all pass it around you know it's it's uh you know or you get someone who works at like the bookstore to get a discount or something right you know yeah um so no that's nice that's a good way to give back to the community
2: yeah exactly and that's that's also you know uh, i uh That's also one thing that we're really big on too, is that, you know, the community of role players that we are part of, the community on Twitter that we're part of, the community of podcasters that we're part of, you know, that's a really big deal to us because we have got over the the mumbledy mumbledy years that we have been playing, we have got so much from our friends and from our co-gamers and everything like that, you know, um, like the community is a big deal to us. And so we wanted to go ahead and make sure that, you know, this sure at, at, on some level, this is about people going out and, and listening to our show and buying our stuff and playing, playing with our things and everything like that, you know, but on another level, it's about, you know, building the community and, and giving back to the community that's given us a lot. So. Right. Nice.
0: Yeah. So you're, you're funded for, for the 12 subclasses for $12, uh, which are, is great. Yeah. Uh, so you've got, uh backgrounds coming up next uh any kind of sneak previews of, of the kind of backgrounds you're thinking about uh oh, including the, the package <laughs> so
2: sure can... so go ahead yeah uh you go ahead
4: yeah uh, <laughs> i fully so, written one that's the only one yeah. i specifically have ready to teaser i have other ideas that, but that, that's the one, that's one,
2: one that i was going to go to too and it's all yours so go ahead yeah go ahead Okay. So uh the uh, the by we're, we're just gonna like like two Canadians at a revolving door I'm no, telling you. No you,
4: no you. you sir.
2: <laughs> so the the first background that we've been working on is one called the sleeper agent um which again so if you think about the kind of the structure of the book uh the subclasses are divided into like four categories uh with three subclasses apiece and so there are uh three sort of like wild um uh wild subclasses called uh that are called the outlanders um there is uh, there are three kind of urban uh subclasses that are called the metropolitans um there is uh, there are three that are based on a homebrew, like a, a, um, a, f- a high fantasy campaign that uh, Glenn is running, is writing. I don't it's, know. How would you call
4: it? It be a domain of dread, I believe, that's yeah. it's going bet, to come yeah. out. But yes, it's, it, it should be a, a yeah. setting with a domain of dread and then eventually yeah. more to follow.
2: But it, it's, it's called The Land of the Boiling Seas. Uh, and then the fourth one, oh, right, The Shadow Dwellers. Yeah, so this is one, again, that was kind of based on uh, some lore that we revealed in The Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse became this extension of these, like, shadowy, magical u- magic users, uh, a warlock, a sorcerer, and a, a cleric of prophecy uh, order um, called The Shadow Dwellers. And so we kind of have, like, these four groups within the subclasses, um, but mm. the sleeper agents are attached to kind of the Metropolitan so there's a one of the subclasses is uh, is the ruffian. It's a rogue subclass that's basically the the, the shadowy cut purse kind of uh, like a street thug sort of uh, sort of subclass. Uh, and the the sleeper agent is sort of attached into the metropolitans. It's kind of like the urban intrigue uh, kind of uh, character. So
0: so that's pretty cool. So you've got a lot more. You've got magic uh, on down the list. You've got magic items and, and, and feats. Uh, yeah adventure hooks maps. There's a, there's a lot to look forward to. We uh, love very low, Yeah, yeah. Very, very low, uh, barrier to entry here. Now, uh, I, I'm going to put you on each on the spot here. Uh, so you, I'm sure you, you worked on all these together, but, uh, I know how people are. And, and sometimes when you're, when you're creating something, you really kind of feel like it's, it's your baby,
5: so uh, Sometimes.
0: I, I, out of these out of these uh these subclasses uh I'm gonna start with uh Josh here Wh- which one is your baby
2: oh man uh probably the warlock uh, because again so that was based on is really an extension so the the warlock um, the the pact of the sleeping shadow is uh, uh is an extension again of some lore that we revealed in the traveler's guide to the multiverse um, and it was a bunch of lore that like I'd written because I'd written this this like set of like magic items um and as glenn was reading them he was like yeah these are these are great but i have no idea what the story is behind them like i need more i need more lore sauce on this on this burger you know like that you know um and so i kept like throwing lore in there he's like yep okay almost more lore more lore and all of a sudden it became this huge like lore bomb in there uh and the warlock very much kind of uh uh it was an extension of the lore that was revealed in that book. So that one was kind of the, the first one that for me really kind of, uh, I think it was probably the first one that I wrote for the new book. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was very much like, yep, okay, this is one that I know. This is one that I feel. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lewenika, how, how about you? Which one's uh, Which one's your baby?
3: I would have to say the Beast Mind Ranger. Um, it yeah. is. Definitely uh, that
4: is your child.
3: It is something that has been in my soul since the very first one of the very first games of 5e i played i actually played a ranger was thoroughly disappointed with the way the class worked i had a great time playing the character i did the things that i wanted Mm -hmm. to do eventually uh but i just felt that the mechanics of the ranger really let me down for what i was hoping to have uh and what i was hoping to find so i would say the beast mind ranger was definitely the thing that um answered a lot of those questions for me. And when I mentioned earlier about going back to older editions to get the things I want, uh, I pulled uh, thoughts, inspiration uh, from the psionicists handbook, second edition the, uh, and the various kids. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I pulled inspiration from the Rangers handbook uh, a- as well as uh, even some thing, a few odds and ends and concepts from uh, just even first edition rangers and games that I played in homebrew when I was, uh, 13, 14 years old, uh, because I just wanted a ranger to be cooler than they felt, uh, my own personal quibble with the rangers. And though I understand mechanically why it works. So I have no comms with why Watsy did what they did with it. Uh, but I dislike having, uh, the creatures that rangers get be summoned spirit entities that doesn't, that doesn't drive my creative process. I wanted that. I, I grew up on Beastmaster. I want Mark Singer with Kodo and Poto and uh, to be running around.
4: I want right. that's Beastmaster the movie, not Beastmaster the subclass. <laughs> or, or, right.
0: and, and not, we and got c- you. We got you. We got you. We got you. And, and,
3: c- and certainly not Beastmaster the television series. Um, <laughs> but it's so funny the minute i saw that i kept thinking
1: that's the movie i was thinking of like it's that's what you, you, you as a child you're watching that and that's what you want to be Foto right
4: and references while we were yeah. working on it yeah. oh nice yeah. Yeah. And, sorry, and so interrupt.
3: for me i wanted that aspect of it uh, of uh, of a character truly bonding with an animal And so this started uh, with that concept. And so because there's all these mechanics for summoning spirit creatures and so on and so forth, in order to differentiate, I'm like, well, there's there's got to be a different way to do this. Right. Since they pretty much define that you cannot do this normally, Uh, there's no training, there's no skills, there's no natural element. I wanted everything with the beast mind to be um, explained by a power. Not be a power that people would notice. So the Beast Mind is a psionic ranger, but almost everything they do is doesn't appear like magic. He doesn't do flashy magic. He connects with things, and then they have a better relationship. And then he can do different things with actual animals, and that connection can yeah. grow stronger. Over the various life of the, of, of the Ranger. And uh, I won't yeah. give away too much more than that at this stage, but I will say that uh, uh, there was a lot of back and forth to get that to sing just perfectly and not yep. be overpowered, because that was one that was very easy to overclock. Uh, my method is <laughs> yeah. write more than you're going to be allowed, and then work with these two guys to help me pair it back to something that's going to be playable and usable, because you want so it to much be cool. Back. But you also don't want it
2: to get the band hammer, so he has to
3: work. <laughs> it, you have to so,
2: so much pairing back, but it, I mean, it really is. Uh, and Glenn, I'll let you go in just a second. But really, no the Beast worries. Mind is such a fabulous combination between like a classic second edition Ranger and a Psionic. Ah, uh, it is. It is. It's so good.
0: So, so, so I got to jump in here. So, Lee Winika just I, I'm gonna have my my uh, uh, Jerry Springer moment, and and you are the father. Uh, just to hear you <laughs> talking uh, about, about this beast mind with that much passion and, and er- energy, there is no doubt in my mind that you love that. <laughs> that is so, I mean, uh, that, that yeah, yeah, your baby.
3: I, I, I will play yeah. this all, all, all day, every day. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. All day, every day.
4: All right, Glenn, how are you going to follow that up? <laughs> so I'm going to cheat and do two. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Twins. He's, g- he's gonna double down yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start with the one that truly is my baby like this is where my this is the first subclass I ever wrote hmm. it's been building for a very long time through um, well story and world building because I've run games in the boiling seas I was writing a journal style um, story about a character in it for a while to help with world development etc uh, and What's funny is it's a bard subclass. And anybody who knows me, I've hated <clears throat> bards for probably 40 years of my life. It's only been like the last few that I've kind of begun to accept them. Right. Um, and part of that's because I like the 5e bard better. He loves bards. And and I used to always be cursed with the party member when they played a bard that played the frou free one with a giant feather in their hat who never did a damn thing but cry and watch us die while they played the violin. Okay. <laughs> So, I, I used to have an intense pay, hatred of bards. In fact, at one point, Lee Wanika insisted that he was going to play a bard like character in a rifts campaign. So, that entire world ended. And oh, yes. I've we had bards the, at my table, but the yeah. Banhammer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's the Bardic College of Correspondence. And it started as a cross between a way to establish a male system in a kingdom Mm. and a way to kind of come up with, all right, it's kind of inspired by the play Hamilton. And it's a reminder to me of the critical role that not singing prancing bards, but wordsmiths played Mm. in history and during the age of all of the letters that were constantly being written, that was the main form of communication to uh, fight the government. And from Ben Franklin to Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, all of these people wrote letter after letter that, that, did, that shared the common man's perspective, even though it was written much more eloquently than that and what the nation needed. Uh, and that's part of it. So they're called correspondents and their bardic ability is speechcraft and argumentative writing. And they create the mail network that goes through throughout the kingdom. So they're also seriously a bard of the people. They're out there not just going to you know the the good sized towns where they can play in the tavern, but they're the far traveler bards who go to that tiny hamlet in the mountains and perform at the festival at, or somebody's wedding. But also. All the children dance in the streets as the gleeman comes into town, and you know they're bringing the mail, which is a huge thing. That's all right. It's a little postman inspired too from the movie with Kevin Costner, Uh, and and that 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 one is my baby. It no still needs some polish. I'm not done with it, so I'm not going to try to wow you with features.
0: Mm -hmm. But I I got like a Jane Austen type vibe there too with the
4: (laughs) (laughs) correspondence, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and what's your, what's your number two subclass? My there? number
4: two was, why isn't there a druid of the sea or waterways for the love of monkeys? So I said, I'm going to fill that void with this the circle of of seas and lakes, lakes and seas. I'd have to look. Lakes, lakes, and, lakes seas. and seas. Lakes and seas it, yeah. With a circle of lakes and seas. And I just absolutely love the way that that subclass came together right down to its 14th level apex wild shape ability body of water. Mm. Um, and I think that its abilities are hot, and people will love them. And I'm hoping yeah. it won't get the ban hammer because the last ability is solid. But I mean, we're talking yeah. level 14 by this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but I was I was very very happy with the way it came out. Sort of like a s- cool.
0: summon Aboleth at level 20 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not not yeah. quite like that. It's okay. yeah. but you know, probably better yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I see where, where you're going with this. Uh, and and uh, I could see with with this, this uh, so early in the campaign, you've got a long way to go. We do. But uh, you could definitely r- reach all those, those stated goals in, in that much time, especially once the spelljammers start shipping and, and people want to say, well, what else is out there? So, yeah. where can um, I go?
3: Is has a lot to do with uh, how we plan this and separating these groups and putting the right classes in the right groups and pairing those up. You know, 54 days is a lot for a Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. um, but what it allows us to do is really fine-tune the playtesting. The principal writing on nearly everything is complete. Uh, As far as far as the subclasses, Uh, we've done uh, our first and second drafts on these. We've been through that process. Uh, We are starting our playtest phase now. By the time the campaign ends, we'll have completed most of the playtesting, if not all of the playtesting on the subclasses. On the subclasses Um, by
4: the end. You know that
3: allows us the only thing we're going to be doing is fine tuning uh, the the stretch goals. And basically as we meet a stretch goal, we're going to get to our second drafts of those items. Uh, okay. A lot of first drafts or at least outlines for the stretch goals are already in place. Uh, some of them are actually already complete. Uh, so we know kind of where we're going with things. We, 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 we know where we are. Um, it, it, it really is a matter of, uh, We picked something that was going to give us the time to be able to complete the project reasonably as soon as we're done, so people aren't waiting six months or a year uh, for this Kickstarter. Like we we back Kickstarters frequently and fervently, and uh, uh, there's something to be said of some of the Kickstarters I back on the regular. Ryan Wolf at Zero Point, he does a lot of sci-fi ships and stuff. I think the longest I've ever waited for something for one of his Kickstarters is three weeks, and I've got a map and minis in hand. Um, It's like that, you know. Uh, And obviously, it depends on what you're setting up and what you're doing, and we want to structure it. Uh, I'm not making that as a specific promise at this point, but uh, we have our goals in mind, and we are uh, set to deliver, relatively speaking, rapidly upon completion of the project. Uh, and I don't see anything that will get in the way of that. Uh, I was going to ask, so are,
1: is your products primarily digital? At the moment, These are yes. all
2: digital, yeah. That's yeah. what
1: I was wondering. So one of the things that we heard from uh, some of the folks we talked to is like the the old traditional sort of, you know, the, the paper, you know, delivered products. They're the ones that with a lot, of, you know, we've all heard about the supply chain and all yeah, that. Yeah. And I know Nathan has a problem. About Kickstarter, he's got a real problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of Kickstarters, but but wait it. significantly long <laughs> times, <laughs> and and I just think it's really amazing. So things like uh, the DMs, the drive-through RPG, all these systems of like delivery of digital products really one re- reduces the cost to production, yep. lets you get out to a you know a broader audience automatically, and like you said, fulfill the Kickstarter much yeah. quicker. Yeah, mm, uh, right. you know, and I, I still we all still buy our hard copy books still when we <laughs> yep. can, yep. Totally, I, you know, except me.
4: The, yeah. You, 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 yeah, I'm well, gone all
2: digital. Yeah, we're so. trying
4: to go downsize to get into an RV
2: nice. about to go in the market. So nice. I have a small
4: shelf of core books and everything else is online. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We just moved too. It's a, it's a challenge. Lee yeah. was the nope. beneficiary of a number of my my uh outstanding <laughs> yeah. 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 I Sorry. now
3: I now own a batlet. I have <laughs> I have I have a Bajoran uh badge. Uh I have three copies of the Palladium uh players. Player's Handbook and two copies of the Palladium DMG, Rifts DMG, uh, riffs, uh, riffs yeah, DMG riffs. Uh, which allows me basically whenever I run a Rifts game, even if I'm running with people who have never played before, I now have books to pass out, so everybody's got one at my table. This right. this guy
1: that's a whole, we could have a whole nother hour to. I love we, we love Palladium for in its time. We don't play anymore, but we loved it. And I I ran a Rifts campaign. It's probably one of my favorite things I've run. Uh, I, I, although I will say I've never played on earth, I okay. own all the books, but I've never played a game on earth. I always, uh, all there. of my thing I ran. Yeah. All my stuff was the three galaxies. Oh, kind of, I, loved so I did big, galaxies. big space opera sort of I, kind I, of, kind I, of thing.
3: I, all I ever wanted to do was have a space jockey, uh, character. And I, I'm all about the three galaxies and phase world. Um, we've well, always gone back to riffs
4: too. Yeah. I mean, because you can do anything there, and that's how I would sell it to players. That's how I got my wife yeah. to play them, um, and a couple other brand new players were in that game. Lee Wanika ran a spinoff campaign from it. This was just a, f- a few years ago, I guess ten yeah. old. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, one of our first interviews was was with the uh, what's his name, the, the guy who who took uh, Rifts to, to Savage Worlds, and he was yeah. he was uh, uh, doing
1: the new Atlantis, the Atlantis when we yeah, talked to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, and I tried I we did riffs. So when when we ran it again twenty years later, I ran part two. We tried the Savage rules. I I like Savage, but I didn't it was interesting. It didn't and then we tried I was gonna try D twenty modern. Uh, but I ended up going with Starfinder, and mm. you know, mixed res- I know he hates. I like Starfinder. He hates Starfinder.
3: I, I love Starfinder. I, I think <laughs> oh, ship- I like it too. <laughs> their shift combat rules are amazing. I think they're fun. Right. They're slick. L- and they're he's I'm gonna easy. kick you right now. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. You know what, Liam? I, I am completely with you. I, I think I don't
1: know what it is, but like a lot. Right, a lot of my players. It's I'm awful. actually listening to a podcast right now where they altered the AP. They're they're doing one of the uh, where they got they did the, the players like beg them to not do any more starship com- I love their starship mechanic it involves everybody like it, it's I'm I'm down with it I am- we're working <laughs> on like a
4: rework of the nautical ship combat concept and uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, it's, for fun that has been yeah. uh, considered from you know that perspective because it's the best
3: yeah we've toyed around with uh, getting the uh, starfinder concept into 5e just so everybody can be a piece of it um, so, because that, that's that that's like, missing. so that part of like, I like. So that part like. I like see, but I like it more narrative,
0: like the way you, uh, the Star Fantasy Flight uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. does yeah. it, where like everybody has a role, but it's more narrative. When it's more, when it gets, it feels like a uh, you're playing a uh, one game, and then you when you go to Starship Combat, it feels like a completely different game. You're not playing anything anymore. You're, you're, it's like you're, a
1: tabletop game.
0: Yeah, it's, a, okay. it's it's a board game. All of a sudden, so that's that's my personal take.
4: But something but, wrong with I think a mini game in a game. <laughs> but it just it feels so disconnected. It's like si- it's, it's, it's it's been like- done. Look at Birthrights. That was <sighs> a mini game laid yeah. over the top. Oh, you didn't like Birthrights either? No. Yeah. Can we kick him <laughs> Yeah.
1: I <know>. So look, so <laughs> yeah, he is. So he he doesn't like Starship Comet, and then I I pulled.
4: i
3: get my mine. I'll get my
1: boots. <laughs> so, so I, I never played I all uh, King editing, so. Kingmaker. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah. Pathfinder has a, a AP called Kingmaker. Yeah. Yeah. So I never played that, but I did something similar, which he often. Well, he didn't mind so much. So I found a, a really cool, like third party guy who built this thing called like Star Empire. It works with Starfinder, but it's basically the concept of Kingmaker, where you're building like a kingdom. But it's the science fiction version where you build an empire and you actually have like colonies mm. and you yeah. put in uh, and and I loved it, but it was a little bit more bean counting than a lot of our players wanted, right? Because yeah. yeah. we had one player, our friend James, he was all in it, right? We had our yeah. spreadsheets. You know, there they was like you know accounting, <laughs> you know for. But uh, I think a lot of people wanted wanted
0: Firefly instead of yeah. Empire yeah. building, so yeah. I mean knows. that would be
2: kind of cool though to go ahead and like build an empire on one side, right, and then have like the rogue firefly ship uh, who's kind of trying to stick it to him, you know. Like I yeah. think that that'd be you know yeah. that'd be that'd be a that's a really great story but, actually. Yeah, I, I could I could yeah. have a,
0: another hour show where, yeah, where yeah. I could talk about all the things I hate about Starfinder. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to have that conversation with you guys sometime. Yeah, 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 yeah uh, and, but,
3: and Matt, I will get you Ryan uh, zero points info because his his maps. Uh, he, he, he actually come with Starfinder uh, ship to, ships. Ships designed. They're made for Starfinder rules, and they're that's absolutely awesome. brilliant. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. definitely. Uh, but
0: so that's awesome. you know this is this is like one of those great tangents, uh, and I'm like I'm all like jazzed up now, and my like my my heart's yeah. pumping kind of fast. I you know, I might need to take some aspirin
3: here in a minute. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Brought to you by yeah, uh, the people at Bear. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> I mean, funny enough, the
4: way that your mic is shaped and just peeks up into the uh, side of your camera there a couple of times, I thought it was an oxygen tank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, I, not I, you're not showing, showing you what's oh, hanging
5: off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> nice. Fell um, um, off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the hook for the band-aid goes in the GI Joe or the rubber band. right? Yeah. <laughs> There's
2: in the, the hook at the top nice.
4: <laughs> <laughs> of oh, shit. <laughs>
0: Uh, (laughs) oh this is great great um (sighs) but so anyway uh (laughs) yeah so our book (laughs) so so i think this you're you've already funded this thing and you're you're well on your way to do a lot more hopefully people will 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 see this and the last the whole hour and whatever uh we end up doing here yeah pretty entertaining it'll be all right yeah i'm entertained so i'm I'm gonna laugh my ass off when i'm editing this but um, that's the best uh, kind
2: isn't that the best like when you're actually like when you have a show that's like when you're editing like it's (laughs) It's the absolute best how good good it is to do editing and realize and like hit something that's really funny like that's like oh the number of times that i've like just like laughed at myself like yeah, when we're editing, like, sometimes oh yeah, no, that's too funny. Messages,
4: I love yeah. it when he does. He's like, yeah. oh
2: my god. Yeah, what or sometimes it's say? like that. That's too funny to make it into the show. Actually, we need <laughs> to go. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's I, going yeah. in the blooper show because you know, because Glenn just walked up and Glenn just stood up without pants on. So that's going yeah. to it into the blooper <laughs> show. You know, that's
0: we, we yeah. turned some of that into uh into like Twitter bait, but uh, yep. we we have we're setting some stuff aside because we we might do a Patreon at some point um yeah. we're doing this for fun but it'd be nice to have some things some of the expenses covered but yep. anyway
2: it is <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah uh,
0: i did have a question that i wanted to get to before we like went, yeah. went off uh into uh hate starfinder land
4: but um <laughs> hey, wait before you ask your question can i say one thing yeah yeah you can do it for fun yeah. and still lessen your expenses
5: that's true.
4: That's true. People do, keep telling do, us that, that you're not. You have the permission to do that exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
5: yeah.
1: so we're having a blast. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> With a uh, to quote Ben Affleck, "Do you see the smile, ear to ear, baby?" <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh shit! Um, All right, your question. Anyway,
0: uh, so the one bookshelf, you know, DM skill drive-through and roll twenty thing. So you have some stuff on on DM skill already. We do. Uh, is is this how is that going to affect? Is that going to make things better for you or more difficult? Are there more more rules you're going to have to comply with yeah. to make it stuff fit into Rule uh, Twenty? What what's that going to do oh, to what you what you guys do?
2: Yeah, that's great a great question. question. <laughs> and so I wish we, that I had, we wish we that we had, had an answer. Yeah, yeah. So we've not <laughs>
3: tapped into Rule Twenty yet. We yeah. uh, have pretty much stayed out of even though we use VTT a lot. Uh, we're mm-hmm. big users of D&D Beyond. Uh, love mm-hmm. the collaboration with Watsi and D&D Beyond. Uh, it has so far only uh, improved the overall experience and seems like it's going to continue to do so. There are shadow concerns that we'll see how things develop as time goes on. Uh, but at the end <coughs> of the day, it, it, I think that's a good move. As far as Roll20, We haven't tipped into that realm yet. We have had some inquiries. We've talked with a few folks, but nothing, no deals have been made. No bargains have been struck. Uh, We haven't brought our products there. The DM's Guild license will, now that they're with them, will make that easy to move things there. As long as the uh, open game license that DM's Guild enjoys stays the same for both companies. If that okay. changes, that right. would be no different than trying to sell a product elsewhere. We'd be banned from using right. Spelljammer as a name, Forgotten Realms as a name, and so on mm. and so forth. So uh, we really need to see how the legal lease so plays out. If, and if, everybody if the, really needs
4: to do. the so. contracting between WOTC and DMs Guild gets cut, everybody loses out. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think WOTC is cutting ties I think they just had to back the current technology horse. Yeah. Right. DM, yeah. DM's Guild has been around for a long time, and they've already made their money there. VTT is the way that it's going right now.
0: Yeah. And people so, don't want to. People don't just don't want to buy the product three, four, or five times. And you know yeah. they, they already have to buy it on, on Beyond, and and that they want the paper copy, and mm-hmm. and you know then you go to roll twenty. Yeah.
4: Yeah, if Watsi didn't make if WotC didn't buy DM's Guild or not DM's Guild, if Watsi didn't buy D&D Beyond, they were going to need to make their own if they wanted to get into that space and have yeah. people be able to host their mm-hmm. games and run their characters. That's where that's where the money is right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't they uh try to like have a th- a, a different third party at some point and then that kind of anyway. Yeah. yeah well, they a, they
3: went with um back in 3.5 they went with the company that did uh uh StarCraft Blizzard. Mm. Um and then that and then that deal fell apart in the middle of 3.5. So mm. as opposed to what was promised when 3.0 came out and the that beautiful GUI interface that came with uh those I still Ugh. have that by the way. It's amazing. Freaking etools, uh, and, and Freaking then they e-tools. they left us with e tools which e tools got a lot of lot of flack and I will say this about eTools. I figured out, and I am a computer novice, how to hack it so I could homebrew stuff on e-tools. And I, I to this day, a- a- am better at homebrewing e-tools than I am at homebrewing on, uh, uh, on D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond. <laughs> but I am pretty good at d Beyond. So uh, there are just a few things that you can't necessarily hack on uh, d and Beyond or homebrew on d Beyond, which makes it challenging. Uh, okay. And so, whereas... Everything could be redone like classes from the ground up levels from whatever to whatever were there. Uh, so it, basically it was a little more open as far as your ability to homebrew as long as you took the time to do so. Unfortunately, that's not there with the Indie Beyond. I'm hoping that we get better homebrew rules or a better GUI interface for making homebrew than we currently have. Um, who's to say whether we will or we won't. If it's just what it is, I'll get by it's not going to cause me to not get the product and it's not going to cause uh, our players a great deal of difficulty uh, as far as them being able to use it and that has been part of our discussions at various times when we've been building powers or features I've, uh, I've we've I've said or it's been said in our discussions hey that's not really going to work on D d beyond so if the bulk mm-hmm. of our players are using that tool that's going to be very challenging for them is there another way we can do X y or Z and uh, yeah. so that that does come up. We are trying to be forward thinking in, in how we approach uh, yeah. the project and all of our projects. We want things to be able to work in as many avenues as possible uh, and as easily as possible. Yeah.
5: Hmm. yeah.
0: Perfect. That's, that's that's a great answer. I, I mean, yeah, uh, it just it's uh, that that's going to shake things up in the VTT space. Cause I know that the foundry and there's a few others that, uh, some Albert Albert something, uh, that, that's some, Rodeo which we use a lot. Yeah. 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 We're, we're a big great, fans great light of version. Yeah. Huge fans so, of Albert. Yeah. So I haven't even tried that one yet,
2: but, uh, uh, oh, Uh, I will. All right. (laughs) a light framework that's easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to understand. It doesn't have the bells and whistles that Roll20 has, but it, Mm -hmm. it, but you know, it's a, it's, it's really great. Um,
0: Sometimes you just need a map and tokens, you know? Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I do think that you're, you're, if I can pontificate for just a moment, I do think that you are very much right about, about the merger of Roll20 and DM's guild and, what that's going to do to the space, like kind of in general, we don't know how it's going to impact us because we don't really interact with Roll Twenty that much. We're curious to go ahead and see how the open game license is going to affect as this evolution goes on and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I remember when we did our episode on this, on that merger, uh, one thing that, that we talked about a lot was how there is very clearly a line drawn through the digital marketing of D and D right now, right? You've got, you've got DMs Guild and Roll 20 on one side of the line and you've got watsi proper and D beyond on the other side of the line uh and and an we're curious to see
4: WotC and DM's guild.
2: yeah like how how is that you know w- would any of us be surprised if all of a sudden the license that dm's guild has to distribute things that are in kind of the expanded open game license uh it, would any of us be surprised if all of a sudden dm's guild having that License goes away, and D and D Beyond gets it instead. And all of their homebrew content mm. is now on D and D Beyond. All the D uh, all the homebrew content that can be like branded specific, is now on Watsy's own platform. I would not be horribly surprised to go ahead and see that happen, and it would be a massive shakeup on the one bookshelf and and DM's Guild uh, side of things. Um, see, so I
4: think just to counter pontificate, I I think that that's less likely because why reinvent the horse? Why? Yeah. Why? Why reinvent the wheel? They already have DM's Guild. They effectively, even though they don't own it, own it, make a significant amount of money off of it based on the contracting and the royalties. Yeah. And positive. And DM's Guild is already running that for them. I would see this more as a possible four-way conglomerate that's kind of working its way around the horn because you got yeah. Watsi attached this way. So, what if instead this license also gets extended to Roll Twenty as they're now one company? Roll20 yeah. becomes the lead VTT for D&D because all of it's... And there's yeah. already a Google extension that connects D&D Beyond yep. Yep. to yep. Roll20 20 roll 20. so yeah. that you can roll in D&D Beyond and have all of your effects come up in-game in Roll20. Um, yep. Love it. I it see those links great. getting great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see instead WotC put out stuff towards all of the VTTs because some of the other ones are great. Yeah. But Fence I think those connections like growing yeah. stronger and this is going to become the four-way powerhouse. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Glenn, I think I think uh I think you're probably on target there just knowing how you know once these um licenses are are doled out it's really hard to put that genie, genie back in the bottle. Yeah. 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 I think there's
1: also a real incentive to draw in so w- different company but uh we've done some interviews with Free League Right mm. yeah. and I think one of the most genius things they've done is put out that open license and allow content <sighs> creators mm-hmm. I, there's so many people out there and and if you're you know from a business if they're taking a little piece right and it's become a lot easier for people to to publish homebrew and I just think it's a great it's a it gets people playing their games, right? Because if you're going right. to play a homebrew, yeah. you need the core rule books, right? Yeah. So it's always going to come back to that. You know, if someone's got a really great setting or a really great character class, you're still playing it in that setting you're selling. Right. And, yes. and Every one
4: of those content creators, when they promote their products, are advertising your game for you. Yep. And yeah. bringing yeah. new players to your game for you. I mean, yes, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah.
5: yeah. I mean, I mean, so it, that's,
4: yeah.
3: I, I would concur, and I would say we all need to shout this to Kevin Simbiata a lot, because he hasn't figured it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The it, the way to make riffs and Palladium better would be get an open game license so we can create for it. The shit I will True put story. out for that game in oh, yeah. an instant,
2: <laughs> yeah, I could I, create I mountains.
3: I could double his books in probably three years if I put yeah. my mind to it because uh, yeah. I've got so much pent up over the years. Uh, yeah, yeah. All he's got to do is throw me an open game license. Uh, I, have but, never,
1: and, I have never understood why he was so closed. I, I, he has such a beautiful world. It's yeah. it's ripe for creation, right? Oh. Unlimited potential. Yeah. Chaos, and, and it doesn't really, and all of the pieces don't fit together really well, but
4: literally you could be anything you want.
1: Oh, uh, I, I just uh, joked in the uh, The Three Galaxies, you could have in one party a colonist, and A cosmo knight,
5: right.
1: yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to stop that level I mean,
4: of imbalance, but right. Yeah. And you can't write rules for a combat that could contain a mounted knight with a lance, you know, and a Veratech fighter moving at <laughs> <a knock-off>. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to write rules for that, so there's yeah. naturally some clunk, and you just have to accept yeah. that about rifts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and well, can uh, I just say, too, Matt, your point about Free League? Uh, boy, how. Great must it be to be free league right now with oh, everything that, every they AP touch that they've been grabbing being gold. Like we played the Aliens RP, uh RPG last yeah. October with some friends of the show. Great time. Such a great game. Like lunch like, yeah. Oh my god, so good. Like so good. And then like now they've got Blade Runner, they've got the Lord of the Rings. Okay, mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, like that's that's gotta be like the sweetest gig in the world right now to be working for free league and taking it- all this ip like i would i would go so far
3: as to say if somebody were to ask uh what's if i were to listen to one ap from tabletop journeys what's the one you would point to i would point to uh our halloween episodes uh episode and the aliens game from from last year uh it was amazing and on point all of them are good that was a whole different level of good um (laughs) but uh, I will say this about the merger and I'm going to throw a little fly in, in the ointment and then we can move on to other topics is this. I do think Hasbro, because they own Watsi and it's not about what Perkins and Crawford and those guys really feel Crawford, or yeah. want uh, as they are over their piece and their piece now includes D&D Beyond and connects with the DMs Guild. Hasbro's a big company that makes deals that don't give a about fans. And my concern is that they don't use their market weight to push their weight to cause uh, some kind of, I guess we'll see who blinks moment. Mm. Uh, because my, my, my fear, my business mind tells me that's what I see coming. Uh, what you were talking about is a great possible future. My business mind, seeing some of the things Hasbro has done in the past with their IPs and how they deal with other companies using their IPs, and right now D anD D is just that—it's an IP that Hasbro owns. They like to push their weight. See, but Hasbro also has to accept see Hickman and Weiss is an Um, IP that they own, but
4: it has a fan base based on shared and and community created content, and they're smart enough to know that they can't turn their back on that with Watsy or they'll lose that fan base.
5: The, the,
3: as we we as live big, in
4: such a fickle fan base.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> but we also are in a bit of a fishbowl. As big as the mm. D&D fan base is, which is huge compared to other role-playing games, it is not big compared to Hasbro's portfolio. It is a yeah. portion of Hasbro's portfolio. It is a good yeah. performing portion of their portfolio, but it doesn't, I don't believe they hit double digits as a percentage of Hasbro's uh, net earnings earned. Regardless, net, if net you're going to run a
4: business and you have a leg of that business and yep. this is how its business model works and it produces income.
3: Right. You're correct. But yeah, Hasbro's business model, they will, they will, they do things that yep. are a bit different. I was right. the
4: new Skynet. It's evil. I get it. <laughs> hey, I I've been a fan
3: someone. of I've been a fan of Monopoly for a long time, <laughs> a long I, I'm time, seeing how
4: you were defying
3: logic and spinning back into the fray. So. But but at the same time, that's a that is my fear. I hope it goes the other way. Uh, but I always say I hope they don't dra- drag us to a point of we'll see who blinks kind of kind of mo- mo- moment.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I I hope it doesn't go that route, but yeah, you you never do know. But you know what? I welcome a little bit of chaos sometimes. I, I uh uh all the time. it's it's good. Well, it's true. Um, <laughs> it's good to shake things up. And, and you know, talking about uh, free league, and then of course uh, Stockholm Cartel with like Borg and Cyborg and all that. And, and uh, I I love that kind of. Their whole mindset, where this is, okay, you want to create content for it, go for it. We don't want to dime. Just uh, you know, don't just don't do offensive shit with it, and and you're cool with us. Yeah. Um, uh, and that to me is that the whole this this whole punk rock mindset or or death metal or whatever we call it of kind of just DIY and just uh, take this take this thing we make and you make it yours and have fun with it. And you can see, like in the kickstarters, there's like it seems like like every week there's a new Morkborg compatible Kickstarter, yeah. Um, yep. and, and and they're they're like you, they're 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 charging just a few bucks, uh, okay. and people are just are eating it eating it up. They're, they're, they'll, they'll back like every single one, and yeah. you know, maybe by the end of the year they've spent like a hundred bucks, but each each uh you know product is is like yours is only cost them like like 12 bucks
5: sure yeah
1: um, people so, want content and yeah. people want choices like this idea of the subclasses right so every everybody wants that adventure that story to be theirs right and so you know you start with like well here are these classes and they're very like oh well you're the fighter oh I'm the fighter too and then then you add like feats or you add like different subclasses and little by little you're able to really Find that gameplay that's yours, yeah. right? That speaks like speaks to you. And so there's people love content, right? Pe- people are always looking. I know, you know, back when we used to have to buy it, it came out every now and then. You have to go find it at the store. I, that's why we started homebrewing because yeah. there just wasn't enough content to feed our appetite stuff right those yeah. hand, those two e handbooks uh or is it ad d or oh what are those handbooks yeah. or like
3: yeah. Ro- second the- edition the rogues guide so these guys those,
0: those were gold like i I don't know what happened to mine. I don't have them anymore, but those were, yeah, he's got them. They're in my uh, other room.
4: Handbooks
1: those were fantastic.
0: Those are great because they have like so much detail. Like I really love
1: playing. Oh, that's playing the Drow book Rose. I saw up
3: front, wasn't it? The, yeah, I've
1: got yeah. the, so the Drow, i got a whole bunch of them up there. The The Castle Guide, you know. Oh, f- yeah. Yeah, we're, I don't fuck The
3: Vikings the, like, a priest, and the Charlemagne's Charlemagne's the book and Charlemagne's book were great. The Romans book. Yeah. Um, mm. Uh, anything you could do to bring in these other genres and these other things so you can play different uh, fantasies at your table and different stories at your table is what we're going for. Um, I'm going to borrow a phrase from a great creator with whom we've collaborated with, uh, uh, Splinterverse Media, and just say, at the end of the day, our goal is that something, one piece of this book, is somebody's favorite thing. Uh, Mm. and, and that's what we're, that's the goal. Um, whether it's the beast mind, whether it's, um, the correspondence bard, uh, or, you know, maybe it's one of the feats, maybe it's, uh, one of the backgrounds, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to us which one it is, but if there's something that somebody takes away from that, and this is the thing that makes their character sing for them, then we've done our jobs you know, we've done our jobs and, and that's what we're doing. Those splat books, they're huge and they're and they're thick. Like I took the rogues guide and the rangers guide at the time. Those are the two classes I played the most of it during second edition. And I might've found two kits in each that I would use and a whole bunch of kits that were neat to read. There was a good read. Those books were fantastic reads, but uh, I might've only found two kits in those books, three items in those books, and maybe one other cool thing or spell that i might need uh but it was worth it i think those books were 20 dollars at the time they came out maybe or no uh 15 15 or something when when they originally came out. yeah 15 bucks yeah something like that and that was big money right i was bagging groceries uh and that would have uh, at at a navy commissary collecting tips per cart to buy those books so yeah paying nothing paying nothing but tips yeah paid nothing but tips of course. And I had to split that between my bowling money, my um <laughs> <laughs> my my video my video game at the arc, at the bowling no. alley arcade money, uh because uh Pac-Man and uh What's the big game that had the four Valkyries eating all all of the food? Oh, gauntlet, gauntlet, Gauntlet. Gauntlet. yeah, Yeah. like because that eight quarters (laughs) that eight quarters were worse than a laundromat, right? Oh yeah. Uh, So I was splitting between all these different things and enough money to pay for a couple hot dogs at the at the lake or whatever when we'd go swimming or whatever. But I would still take the time to get those books because those books fed the fuel. For my game, even if I was only going to use two or three of the things for my character, I was storytelling at the time, so it, it fueled the game I was going to run. Like I had other characters I could do, I could borrow something in my, from my head uh, to, for an NPC or for a background or for a storyline uh, that I could that I could use or play through, and that's what those books are for, and that's kind of what we want to do. We want to kind of recreate that feel of here's uh, here's the world. Here's the multiverse. Take from it what you will. Make it yours.
0: That's be- Awesome. Yeah.
3: I'm going to quote
0: some of that in the in the in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 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 that's some very quotable stuff in there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I, I get that. I, I love the the passion that you guys are bringing into this. This is a uh, uh you know your in uh, the fact that you can do that like as friends uh, collaborating on, on a project like this you know, and doing the podcast too. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great that, that, uh, you know, this hobby is yeah. like to me too. I I feel like with you guys too, it's something that, you know, it's not just, it's not just a hobby. This is like how I, yeah. how, how I spend time with my friends. Is how I keep my, my brain sharp, uh, and, and how I have fun. Like it's really, it's, yeah. it's got everything, everything I need. I hope, you know, you know, when I get to my my dad's age, you know, if I'm in a home stuck somewhere, I'm still, <laughs> you know, putting on a VR headset and, and rolling some virtual dice with with my, with my buddies. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. virtually uh, or
3: otherwise, I can guarantee whatever home I'm going to be in, there are several yeah. things that it's going to have: uh, karaoke on Thursdays, Elvis impersonators on Fridays, and D and D all weekend long. All weekend long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, we would. You know, know at the end of the day, we,
2: we would love for, we would love for this to be our full-time gigs, right? Like that, yeah, that's right. ultimately like, that is everyone's goal when they get into this business. Like when they start a podcast, when they start putting out content, it's like, man, if only I didn't have to do my nine to five, if only I could just do this right. all the time, you know, and, and who knows if we're, if we're going to make it there where the three of us can go ahead and do this full-time or not. But it's certainly, uh, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's certainly not going to be because we didn't work our freaking butts off because mm, like right. we, that's what is. That's what I love about about these two, you know, jamooks on the other side of the line here. Is that like I know that, you know, like we can't say too much about it because it hasn't come out yet. But we have been working our butts off on a. Glenn in particular has been working his butt off on a project uh, that will be hitting press. Within the next few months here, be there'll be all sorts of publicity. We were working with another game company, working some, working well, on we're some content
4: in the company. We're just not what yeah. in yeah. the book. so we can say yeah, we're yeah. we're working on a project with Splinterverse for Splinterverse, uh, yeah, writing for their new book that's coming out for Dragonlance, and that's yeah. about as much as we can say. But that's
2: about as much as we can say. But you know, you know, we we uh, uh, we you know, pitched our concept; it got picked up. You know, so and- it's been a whole lot of fun. It's been a whole lot of fun. <laughs> We've loved awesome. it. We've loved it. Right. It's, it's, um, and, and it's, it's, and be it's been a lot of work. And, and Glenn has been, has really been particularly working his butt off on that. And so it's like, it's like, you know, Glenn's been doing that. I've been keeping the podcast running. We've been putting the Kickstarter together. So it's like all three of us have kind of been like working to go ahead and have all these different streams going, you know, right. just yeah. absolutely working our butts off to go ahead and make this thing happen. So, you know, it's just so much fun and we love it, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm even trying good. to say there. So good, Glenn.
4: Honestly, it was really just kind of a, uh, okay, how can we cover all of the fires that we've lit? We're all working 100% putting the project together, but then as we've had to fully manage the Kickstarter as it's getting going and complete the revisions on the work, it's definitely involved a division of labor and some, you
3: know. Uh, You know, Josh has done amazing things behind uh, keeping the podcast running, making connections with other folks, keeping our schedule in order, uh, and, you know, making sure we're at the right places at the right time. mics on when they need to be on, uh, oh. that type of thing. <laughs> That's uh, <the> worst. <laughs> uh, I rarely compare myself to a cat, but hurting cats like the two of us is not easy by any stretch. Yeah. Uh similarly. I, one of the cats. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <It's> fair. <laughs> yeah. But similarly, uh, I've picked up uh part of the editing duties, uh, which Josh yeah. has also served as teacher and trainer and question answerer and IT specialist. Yeah, he's uh, IT specialist too. So yeah. uh, yeah. you know, uh learning how to do some of the edits, uh do the the rough edits on our podcast episodes has been great. Uh it has taught me a lot. I would like to think that it is making it easier to edit me because I'm recognizing how difficult I am to edit. Um, And so I hope I'm changing a few things about myself and the way I present to make it a little easier. You can be the judge of that. (laughs) But uh, it is, eh. Give him time. (laughs) We just started. Give him time. But uh, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying yeah. that work and it's not something that even as things settle down, uh, as we get through this project, I intend to let go because I yeah. like having my hand on uh, a deeper part of the process. Um, you know, uh, this, the face for radio is not just the uh, golden the golden pipes that need to speak. Uh, I, I want to be doing a lot more and it's similarly as we went through phases of our, of our Kickstarter and, uh, the other, the Splinterverse project, uh, once some of the principal writing had been done and some of the idea writing had been done and we got into the revisionary process uh, and as we're getting ready to start the play test process, I've started working on some of the things that are going to be in those stretch goals. So I've okay. got ideas that are ready to go. They're in the hopper. I've been kind of working on that a lot in between things. I've done a couple of the APs. Uh, there's a bunch of things that we're doing. Uh, I've actually started the play-
4: background teaser is failed magic initiate.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, I've uh, even started play testing some of the things in some of my homebrew games. Uh, it's because that's a great place to do it. Cause you know, some of my players don't even realize they're play testing things, but I introduce a lot of things in my homebrew campaign, which I then can take and uh, go. In fact, one of the subclasses that's in the Kickstarter has effectively been being play tested for over a year and a half now in my home room. Huh. So it, it is yeah. seen. Is it the uh, enforcer? Yes. The enforcer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it is, uh, it, it's so much so that there were some significant uh, mechanics changes, not flavor changes, but mechanics changes uh-huh. because I saw the things that weren't working well. When we finally got to the point where we we're piecing this together and getting our first draft, I was able to say, here are the things that don't work. Help me make them better. Right. <laughs> you know and, and, and it was a great place to start with because i had a yeah. lot of information um i think something like 12 or 13 different combats that the, that the character had been in through six or seven yeah. levels right. in, in individually so that yeah. made uh that made that character significantly better uh that, that character subclass significantly better so these are road tested uh and will be road tested uh, classes. Um, None of this stuff is, hey, we wrote it yesterday, and here we
1: go. It's not a I, book I, of good idea fairies, I, right? I, it, I, I, it. I,
4: but it's I, amazing I will how say often that, our ideas run into each other, though. Like, I didn't even realize the Enforcer was coming in, and the Thief subclass I was working on, the Ruffian, they're very parallel. It's like I didn't
2: even realize that you were – wait, I thought Lee Winiga wrote fire. the Ruffian.
4: No, he no. did.
2: Oh, it, it, it was it's a, perfect it's a symmetry. A
4: fighter based fighter and a fighter based thief. Yeah. Depending oh, on what so, you need so, for your heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's totally figured, so yeah. yeah. That's totally why I have so many
3: parallels. That's totally why
2: I Totally
4: different
3: that, features. That we to they were so it, similar. They, <laughs> they, they are totally different features <laughs> that work perfectly together. If you're yeah. building an underworld uh, kind of campaign, an underworld urban campaign, and yeah. you want your fighter type to not be the person that's afraid of stealthing around. You want an enforcer, uh, yeah. and and no part of that is no part of that particular uh, fighter subclass, uh, or every part of that has to do with the fact that I'm a huge fan of mob movies, right? Yeah, uh, all of them. The Godfather. I just got done watching The Offer. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, ah, fantastic, so good by the way. Fantastic show. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, Goodfellas. Uh, you know, um, you know. So sad that we lost uh, both. Paul Cervino mm. and, uh, and Ray Liotta recently. Uh, but love those big fan of The Sopranos. Uh, I'm watching many saints of Newark, uh, uh, right now. I'm actually half. I actually paused it last night. I'll be getting back to when we're <laughs> off air. Uh, you know, I built a character who is basically a mob enforcer <laughs> yeah. and, but I didn't want them to be stealthy pickpocket. I like, so I built the fighter that could do that. On the other yeah. hand, uh, glenn built the rogue that could be the tough guy uh like right.
4: they can get into medium armor they don't get into heavy
3: Yep. Yeah. you know you so know. they
4: can be your your lightly armored muscle when you need yeah. they're gonna your your yeah. average uh
3: your your average bad guy is not gonna want to tussle with a, a ruffian long is what I'm going to yeah. tell you. Um, you know, it, they have so much symmetry, these two things, and they were written in total isolation of each other. Like they were not written knowing that the other existed.
2: And then on top of that, in that in that set of three. Right. So you've got the fighter and you've got the ruffian and that in the Metropolitan set, the other th- subclass that sits on top of that is the Paladin, the Oath of Loyalty Paladin, who's basically like the ultimate right hand man. Right the oath of loyalty is not the guy he is the guy that the guy sends to do the thing right um and so you sit that on top of the muscle you sit that on top of the sneaky muscle you know and now you've now you're kind of starting to see how these stories are coming together
3: you just built the so. crew is
2: what you have yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly right yeah right. we're basically building leverage a family. Building. like that's yeah yeah, a family. yeah yeah exactly yeah
5: right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I can definitely see you you've got them kind of packaged into different flavors there. Now that you point that out, I can definitely see the whole mob uh, relationship. Yep. We couldn't say that. So that's why I said.
3: That's why I said metropolitan. <laughs> it's metropolitan yeah.
4: corrupt government <laughs> no. with good-skilled influence. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, no. yeah, yeah.
3: Governments are not corrupt. That never happens anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> never happens. Never happens, except yeah. everywhere I've ever lived. <laughs>
2: but, <yeah. laughs> All right, Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ouch.
3: He got he got taken down today
0: and it was oh delicious. Was I have no so idea. It, fun it, it oh, was yeah. tasty. Uh,
3: I only caught a Twitter so blip good. on it, but it was tasty. Yeah. It was so good. It was the look of uh, shock oh on his face. It's like, I'm, I don't I'm, know why I'm, you're shocked, not, but it's funny that you're shocked. That's what I yeah,
0: really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh but good times. Uh so I, I think that's really going to wrap us up. And so okay. uh, la, la, last thing, last question before I let you guys go. Um, wh- why do you think your podcast is better than ours? Ooh. Because there's three of us. That's an awful question. Oh, Math. <laughs> I, I make everything worse. My job is to make everything worse.
2: So. Perfect answer, Glenn. There's three of us and only two of you. So yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's usually yeah. seven of us, but you know, I'll, I'll give you that one. All right. so, I, I'm I a big guy. Show
2: up. <laughs> uh,
0: you, you need to see. Yeah. Stand next to Matt and I. We and we, uh,
1: we displace a lot of water in the hot tub. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I once did. Yeah. You jump there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I am 6'4 still. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, mean, yeah. I still yeah. I still displace a fair amount. But I'm not 260 pounds anymore. <laughs> Oof. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite there. Um, But anyway, uh, it was so great having you guys on. I I had no idea where this was going to go when I had you guys on here. Um, I I, I love the kind of, you know, this is great. Uh, I I would have you guys on any time to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, Like that project you can't (laughs) talk about right now.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, if it comes out, we'd be happy to come in and talk yeah, about our project. I, I, and I, I'd there. be
2: willing to bet that we could probably get some of the voices that be over at Splinterverse to go ahead and come on and talk about mm-hmm. it because uh, uh, Jimmy Flowers does a great show. We've had him on our show a couple of times hey, talking like about projects that we're not involved in, you know, um, and he's, uh, he's always a great interviewer. So. That's awesome. I appreciate But
0: I appreciate you, you coming on here yeah. and, and talking uh, to Matt and I between two GMs. Uh, that's what we call our little uh, interview right. show. Um, and uh, I, I've been watching, I've been uh, listening to some of your podcasts, so uh, I, I can definitely recommend it. There are a lot of conversations like this, a lot of great back and forth. You definitely
2: feel the love. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Most tri- of us telling the other two that they're wrong for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> why such are we circling a,
4: around this again <laughs> it's
0: such a nice way though it's but, so it's, it's pretty enjoyable it's fun it's, it's, it's fun to listen to uh the, the products sound great uh it's such great timing uh to do some multiverse stuff so so i wish you the, the best of luck with that um and you know you should check out our podcast too we're not too bad
5: yeah
0: absolutely. we're, we're not too bad we're we're, we're we're getting better all the time
4: but, uh, well, I, well, but, I uh, actually absolutely did listen to your Between Two Gems episodes before, because if we're going on a podcast, that's one of the things we do. We want an idea of what we're running into.
0: Who are these assholes? Um, Why should yeah, we go the right, show? Yeah. <laughs>
4: I was pretty sure before we got here, we were going to be in for a pretty good conversation that y'all yeah. would be kind of right up our alley and we would uh, yeah. ramble on for way longer than any of us intended.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to here walk the are. dogs pretty soon here. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. And, and good night, everybody. Ah, welcome, travelers. I see you have found your way. Welcome to the heroic subclasses of the Multiverse Kickstarter. Which are your favorites? Are you telling stories of political intrigue? Perhaps the metropolitans of you are your tales dark, mystical, and mysterious as the shadow dwellers themselves, or are you out for high adventure and want to take your ship to explore the lands of the boiling seas? Do you hear the call of the wild and want to dive into the outlanders? Help us bring you these amazing subclasses, plus backgrounds, feats, adventures, and more.
5: Fair time, friends. For legends await,